Welcome to Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. In this episode, Dusty Rich and I talk with Andrew Buglias about becoming a food service repair technician. What's up, everybody? You guys better jump on this fast. The RLS Summer Tool Promos are back for a limited time. You can save $500 on tools and jaws used with the RLS press fittings for HVAC and refrigeration. That includes a 19-kilonewton tool and five-jaw set, a 32-kilonewton tool, or a 32-kilonewton tool eight-jaw set can be used with a number of different press tools, including Rigid, Milwaukee, and many others. For complete offer details, visit rapidlockingsystem.com forward slash save. RLS press fittings offer so many advantages over brazing. You get reliable joints in about 10 seconds with no flame, no fire hazards, no brazing materials, no burn permits, no fire spotters, and no nitrogen purging. Plus, you get the reliability of the most proven HVACR fittings on the market. The only ones that have been used since 2015 and have more than 15 million installed fittings in the field. Once again, get all the details on the RLS Summer Tool promo at rapidlockingsystem.com forward slash save. Better jump on that, guys. It's getting ready to end. So, so what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Commercial Kitchen Chronicles. A couple familiar faces here, mine and Rich. Today, we have Rich's buddy on, Andrew. Just say your last name so I don't have to do it. Buiguez. 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 So, Andrew Buiguez on. He's got a pretty cool story, man. He's kind of he's kind done a couple other things. He's ended up in the restaurant repair industry, and that's why I like seeing guys come in. Um, it's a cool job. A lot of people don't know this job even exists. And to get someone that's done a couple different things and ended up here and enjoying it, it's always good. So welcome on, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. So, Rich, anything cool today? You been on anything cool? Uh, no, nah, I mean, today I did a couple of quotes uh, with equipment change out on a walk-in cooler uh, to swap out some fryers. And then I ended up going to a Chili's um, to work on one of their RTUs, but seems like it was just a... Uh, dirty condenser today was actually kind of a slow day what about Dude, you i had some fun man i actually got to do some refrigeration like i i love doing refrigeration but i kind of don't do it a lot lately because i'm trying to train some of the newer guys and we're trying to focus in more on the hot side stuff right so i don't get to do a whole lot of refrigeration i haven't had a trainee the last couple of days my son's been out on his own you know making some money for the company making some money for him nice and one of the other guys the same way so i've been answering a lot of tech support calls last week and a half but i'm glad to see those guys out there doing stuff making money and then, you know, earning their way and then learning more. I mean, we all know that you learn more just doing it yourself. You got to make sure you're able to call someone and someone to back you up if you have questions. So I actually did a couple of refrigeration calls. I did three. Um, had two true uh, reach-in freezers, both 49s. One was a hydrocarbon, one was a 404 system. Um, the one was leaking, and all it was was the, the, the line set insulation was so deteriorated, it'd freeze up, and then it thaw and just leak all over the floor. So I got to reinstallate that. And it needs condenser fan motor. I mean, when that thing started up, it sounded like death, but it did start up. So <laughs> right. I, got that, I got that ordered. Man, they discontinued that old one, and you have to buy the new style with the bracket. It's like $500, dude. Whew. For yeah. true? True. Yeah, true's proud of that bad boy. So for, for the con- You say for the condenser fan motor? Yeah, it's the same as the evaporator. They use the same in both, but it's a different style, so I'm not sure if it's... Is hey. it that, that newer one, not not the like traditional cannonball type is what yeah. the, the issue is? Hey. Oh, like them square ones, right? Yeah, and it's got like a different bracket. Yeah. I so I did that today. Dusty joining in the last second, come flying in. Still in the work circle. Um, yeah. And then I had another one that had a leak, and what happened? The drain line heater doesn't work, and it froze up, and it pushed itself off the uh, nipple coming out of the evaporator pan. And so right. I got to put a new drain heater in. No big deal. I'm customer's cool. And then they had a walk-in down. I was like, yeah, I got to do a walk-in. So that was my little video of me playing with the hose and rinsing that out. I actually built that walk-in um, two years ago. We haven't had any service calls. I had one that was a leak. Um, it's got a um, – the system actually has a check valve, and uh, the check valve is leaking because you take check valve out and clean it while it's leaking. I couldn't get sealed up, so I had to replace it. And then um, today I had to – I ended up changing out a tip control, man, a digital tip control, the A421. Um, it was set for four degrees, mm-hmm. and it was shutting off at 16 degrees, and it had a five-degree differential. So right. five plus what four plus five is nine, not sixteen. 
Yeah. It was getting colder now. I turned it down to like negative 10. It still just kept shutting off at 16. Oh, so wow. I ended up having to put a new controller in there. I couldn't find um, the, an A421 in stock, so I had to go back to the ATC 1000. But got it up and running, cleaned the coils on both those units, and it was a pretty good day. That's cool. Yeah, I started keeping that A421 on, as truck stock. I turned in my mechanical one that they were having us uh, carry. I can't those stand those. Um, which ones were they were they having? I don't remember which ones I had on my truck, what brand, but it's just or some Ranko, traditional. Ranko or something like yeah, that. Yeah, not the Rankos. Um, it might it might have been a pen, the but it was just the, the mechanical style. And I'm like, they are so unreliable. I mean, yeah, at a time that, you know, that was it. That's what you had. But digital is so much more accurate. If you get the A421 ABD, it has air defrost built into it. So you can program multiple air uh, off-cycle defrost for the for coolers and stuff. Such a better controller. So I had uh, my supervisor find me one. And then as soon as he did that, I took that mechanical one and turned it back in to take this crap off my truck. So when I do a walk-in freezer, I always use the 421. And when I do a walk-in cooler, I always use the KE2 Therms. Um, I just mm -hmm. like that. I just like that because that, I mean, it gives a customer a vantage point. So you put that big blue display where they can see it. So when they open that door, it's right there next to that evaporator and they see the temperature and it kind of gives them like a, a peace of mind. So, so like how, how do you, how do you get the, the KE2s then? Because are y'all allowed to get stock from like United or the local supply houses or are you having to get your stock from like Partstown or, or what? Um, so refrigeration, I can pick it up local. So if I have one down, I just go to the supply house and I get the cooler, I get the KE2, the freezer, I get the 421. Um, oh, so you don't stock it on your truck. You'll just go get it from the supplier. Uh, I keep an ETC 1000. Um, I just don't like using it. <laughs> I'd rather have the 421. I like the display better. It's got that green indicator. You know, when right, it's calling, yeah. it lights up green. The same thing with the KE2. It's got that big indicator. You know it's supposed to be calling. And that's what kind of threw me on this one today. I was outside. I was, I was waiting on the coil. And I sprayed it with hot water. It was hot out. I was like, it shut off. I was like, oh, maybe it shut off on high high pressure because i you know i did use hot water or whatever i was like man but i didn't it wasn't that bad and then all of a sudden i heard someone would click open i was like okay that's weird so i ran inside and i was like it's 20 degrees in here why is it just not coming on and then sure enough mm -hmm. it wouldn't get below 16 it'll shut off at like 16 no matter what i said that i was like this is wild so. yeah i'll drive you now driving mad messing with controllers that's, that's a weird failure too just constantly shutting off at 16 that's that's weird yeah, I didn't get it. It's like a software. I'm so much as a software glitch or something, I imagine. Yeah. So, Dusty, what'd you get into today, buddy? Um, a whole lot of loose ends. Um, started off with a uh, Delfield reach-in cooler. It's one of those ones with the uh, the Dan Foss controller. It's got the eco mode on it, <laughs> which is not a great idea. I, well, at least they're realizing it. Um, so, I mean, I ordered a new controller, but for the time being, just wired in the fans hot. Um, cause I've seen those do a couple times. They're just freezing up coils, nothing wrong with it. I mean, and multiple techs will go out there and kind of scratch their heads. Uh, but it's evidently they put an eco mode in those, uh, which is goofy to do. Um, and then I had to do like, just like random stuff, like put a grease trap in a Montague char broiler, um, throw some parts on a, uh, wa uh walk-in freezer and replace nice. the motor. But you know, loose end stuff. We had scragglers, is what it was. So I, I think we can blame Canada for that eco mode because there's like a lot of equipment that has that in there now. So when the the condenser shuts off, it kills the evaporator fans too. And which I, is I who thought of that? I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. It's I think that's for energy uh, efficiency. It, um, it probably saves like three cents an hour. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like on a, it was like at a uh, like a like a pretty nice uh, steakhouse down here. So, I mean, they're not stressing. The money they spend on service calls and downtime on that reach-in, it's not worth the eco mode. So I ran it by the GM, and he was like, whatever you got to do, I just don't want to see another technician out here working on this thing for the same thing. What kind of control no are you putting in there? Um, ER, ER-112. So the same thing like Dan Foss do? It's a Dan Foss, different controller. So the old one has five ports on it, mm -hmm. um, and your fan wires into number five. And uh, that's your fan, so that's what's controlling your fan on and off. It's not wired right. hot. It's, it turns off when the compressor turns off. Um, so if you take wire number five off and you just wire nut to wire two, that gives you line voltage to your evaporator motors that they just run constantly. Yeah, so, I, and I think it's the ERC-112, I believe. Is. Yeah, personally, whenever one of those goes out, I try to replace it with a Dixel XR Universal. Mm -hmm. Those things 
for as far as controls go in my experience those things are, are practically bulletproof i went um when i was in florida still i used to upgrade if we if a customer had a failed mechanical stat i would mm -hmm. upgrade it to that dixel xr and oh, 100%. those things are great and then yeah you just can program it to not shut the fans down with the compressor or the simple thing is just run your fans to direct power for your evap because they should be running constant anyway constant yeah so, yeah that's I what i do i've got a buddy that's got a bar he bought a bunch of these keg cool brand kegerators and they all did that like the compression shut off and evaporated shut off well it'd get hot in there and it'd take forever for that beer to pull back down i was like oh it's just a generic you know i forget what controller it was and i knew the password but i got in there and i just looked at the, the i found the you know the the breakdown of the, the manual and i was like okay evaporator fans always on click see you later mm -hmm. never had another issue it's been like two and a half years i'm like so stupid dude no Andrew, what'd you get into today? Anything fun? Uh, today I had an interesting one. I had I was at a brand new Popeyes, and uh, they had um, I showed up for a warranty call in a Duke oven, and when I got there, all their fryers were down, every single one. <laughs> brand new store. That sounds like Popeyes, dude. That sounds like Popeyes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? What? You know? Okay, but uh, evidently it was something with the panel. I even got it. I, you know, I tried to help them out, see if I can like figure out what was going on at the breaker and um they had a shunt breaker on that circuit and that shunt breaker was tripped but i mean at that point i was like yeah, you guys are gonna have to call sparky to come out here and check it out because i'm not gonna you know it's a brand new store there's probably some warranty stuff going on or whatever so anyway i fixed the oven the oven just had uh the door switch on that duke it was a duke oven the door like little chuck or whatever that pushes in the switch it was just adjusted slightly off and not call it calling for heat. So that was that was easy today. And then I just I had to change an actuator on a garland oh. at a McDonald's. That was fun. Oh that's uh, always yeah, fun. Buddy. yeah, getting dirty. Dude, I almost cut my fingers off on a garland grill at Chick-fil-A. I might have changed the actuator. I was being lazy. I left it up. And I normally put something under it so it doesn't slam all the way down. And I didn't think about it. I had my hand back in there and I was pulling on the actuator and I had my fingers like where the brace is. And it fell down. It came across my fingers and trapped it. And oh, I was like, man. I was like, oh fuck! I just cut my fingers off, and I couldn't yeah. pull it out. <laughs> and I, I stuck a screwdriver and pried it up, and just blood just started spraying all over the place, dude. Oh, and it God. literally, it just cut like across, like the three fingers cut right across the smash, and they were like bruised instantly, just like bleeding. They hurt for like months, dude. I was like, Gosh. I don't do that anymore. My boss was like, what'd you do to your fingers? I was like, oh, I did something at home. <laughs> yeah we've all been there right that's like it's my own fault i'm not making you guys pay for it i mean you know <laughs> i gotta do better i mean you know you say do better then you do you get in a hurry or you try to take a shortcut and you just screws yourself so yeah so i wanted to have andrew on well actually andrew reached out to me before and i never got back to him and then rich reached out to me about having andrew on andrew's uh how old are you andrew i'm 36 36 i wouldn't have guessed that not i thought all. you was my age oh see how old are you, Rich? I mean, I'm not much older than you. I'm only 38. Oh. But I just thought we was the same age. I don't know why. I thought Dusty was I thought in his 20s. Like 50, bro. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yay, shots fired. So. I'm just kidding. It's okay. Next time I see my phone ring in the middle of the afternoon, <laughs> voicemail, bro. Voicemail. <laughs> Get your own tech support. So, Andrew was a – so, did you sell, like, liquor? Were you, like, just you worked for a distributor and you went around stores, like, just seeing what they needed and selling liquor? Is that what you did? Or did you drive a truck? Yeah. What did you do? Yeah, so I worked for a liquor distributor, a wine and spirits distributor. And um, mm -hmm. there's like three major ones in the country. Southern, uh, there's Southern, there's Republic National, and then the one that I work for, which is now called Breakthrough Beverage. And um, basically, I was I was a sales representative. We had a given territory, and I sold mm -hmm. off-premise uh, sales. So it was like liquor, your packaged liquor stores and whatnot. And just, you know, the whole, the whole gig was pretty much building relationships with customers. These are store owners. Um, and you had, to, you know, I also had like Publix's in, in some Walmarts and stuff like that, the, the parts that would sell alcohol or spirits. Mm -hmm. And I had brands like Bacardi and Brown Foreman that I had to represent. And then that was kind of like my competition would be the other two distributors and they would have different brands that would compete against me. So if I'm coming in with deals and presentations on Jack Daniels, let's say, they would come in and have deals and presentations on Jim Bean. And the whole game is like, is just like trying to, you know, use marketing tactics and get your displays in the front of the store and get your eye level shelf position and all that kind of stuff. So 
This is my favorite now. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, I know, I know that one very well. If I can hard find it, it's yeah. hard to get. Yeah, it's super hard to get. So that's cool. So how long did you do that for? I did that for about twelve years. Dang. You yeah. Just have enough one day and said. Yeah, kind of, man. So, so my family. Shout out to my cousin. He's in the chat here, Robert Martinez. <laughs> he, uh, he, 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 like had been in the trade for a while. He's he came out into the trade as an electrician, did a lot of residential work and stuff like that. And I had gone with him to do a few jobs here and there. My dad's always been handy too. So I've always been somewhat handy, knew my way around tools and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I got into this business into that industry of, of selling liquor. And I mean, it was, it was good, man. Like I made a lot of money, you know, I was in South Florida. We made a lot of money. My, my wife was also making money. We bought a house down there. Everything was good. Um, but after 12 years, like a lot of things were happening in that industry that got kind of screwed up, at least for the company that I was working for. There was a lot of talk about uh, brands being lost and brands being acquired and things just got a little too hectic, you know, for my taste. But also just the whole liquor thing, man, like, you know, I, I don't. Uh-oh. 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 And and partly because when you have samples in your house, you know, you just you know, you can taste every, every night really. But, um, so I, I, I kind of, you know, I had to kind of draw a line there with that career. And I called my cousin one night and I was like, man, you know, I want to get into the trades. I like what you did when we used to do these side jobs or whatever. And he would have me come help him. And the first thing he told me was get your EPA and, and take up on refrigeration. Cause that's where the money's at. And at the time, you know, um, he was also working for, he was working for, um, smart care at the time. So he was doing the kitchen stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, you know, I just wanted to trade. I was just thinking trade focused. And then HVAC came around and, um, the first opportunity I had, I went ahead and got my APA. And the first opportunity that I had was working for Thermo King for the, uh, reefer trailers. Uh, we knew somebody, that person reached out to me. It was a friend of the, or it was a family member and, uh, got me started in South Carolina. And I had moved, I had moved from South Florida to South Carolina working for breakthrough. But, um, that's about the time where I wanted to change. I wanted to change a career. And, uh, yeah, so I started in Thermo King and that's where I began my, my whole story with the trades and, and it was working on reefer trucks and refrigeration. So I'm, I have an idea how a reefer truck works. I have really no idea how it works. I mean, I know there's a refrigeration system, but how do you power the refrigeration system? A generator or? Diesel engine. So a diesel engine? A diesel, diesel engine. The Yanmar diesel engine. And the, <coughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because I went into that with an EPA, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew basically what you learn from an EPA, right? Your basics on refrigeration circuits and all that. And About you know, history lesson. Yeah, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, so I, I went in there and I, I was, you know, green, green as it as could be. And uh, I started off at like, so I was making, selling booze I was making in South Florida, I was making about 100000 a year on average. And then hit the reset button. Well, when I came up to South Carolina, I still stayed with the same company, but I had to take a little bit less money to move up here. But it was a way that I can transfer and still have a job and this and that. And about three months after that is when I decided I had it and I wanted to move on. So I had to go start at working at Thermo King and hitting that reset button at, you know, over 30 years old. I went from making 100000 to about seventeen eighty an hour. Oh, wow. That's and, a huge hit. And, uh, you know, but I knew what I, I knew what the vision was like. And I was committed. So I wasn't scared. And um I was like, you know, this is it. You know, this is how you do that. If you want to get started, you got to get started somewhere. And I knew, I knew my ethic was there. I knew my work, my work ethic was going to be there, and the quality of of just showing up on time and and being willing to do whatever I had to do was going to be there. So I wasn't scared, um, but it was rough. It was tough trying to trying to recoup that kind of loss. Um, but within three months, I made at Thermo King, I made about twenty one eighty. And then that's where I stayed, you know, the rest of my time with Thermo King. Um, so, did you have to do diesel? So you had to do the diesel side of it too, and the yeah. refrigeration side of it. So that's that's a lot to do for seventeen eighty or whatever. Dude, it, it is, and it, and it's shocking to me because, I mean, to be honest with you, I love it. I, I and if if I could make more money doing that, I probably would have never left. 
Yeah. Or if the show, if the shop would have been closer to home, I was driving an hour and a half to Charlotte to start that job. Cause that was the only job that was willing to pay me 1780 to go for like a resi uh, HVAC company. They were trying, they were going to try to start me off at like 12 bucks an hour. And I could, I could, I couldn't take that much of a cut, you know, how long ago was that? Uh, about five years ago. So yeah. you did some time there and then you decided there's nothing up with Thermal King. Would you go after that? Um, after that, I went to a resi company, but I already had some experience to show forth and I was already making that $21 an hour range. Um, so I went to a local company closer to where I live at home and it was just a walk in. I walked into this one company called Davis Heating and Air, a local heating and air company. And he offered me $24 an hour. He offered me a little more of a boost in pay and I was closer to home. Plus I was going to have a service fan and not pay for fuel. So, cause I was paying for fuel to get to that shop too. So I was spending like $500 a month just to, just to go to work. Wow. And, um, so I had to take that. I took that opportunity and then I did resi for about three years, three years. And then, um, so you just mainly service did you install or just all service. service. He, he threw me right into service. He didn't put me in an install, which I was like, you know, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hear nightmare stories about his calls yeah. and being an addict all day. All oh, dude, yeah. I, I, I mean, was... service is bad enough in an addict. You can imagine. Being yeah. installed, so so but... Dusty did some, you did some residential HVAC, right? I did for, uh, I think four years, four and a half years. I did. I did a first year, about eight months in install, and I was like, "No, gotta get out of this like right now." So then I, I, I remember I talked to the service manager where I was at, and I was like, "Man, I want to eventually switch to service." And he's like, "Well, you got to learn this and that." So then I just started reading and looking up everything, and then I ended up switching companies for service because install is, it's like you need them, you need those guys, but like they are built different. That's a yeah. different. Uh, to do that all day, even on commercial, like strictly install. I mean, that's a that's a different kind of breed of industry there. Yeah, Respect I, to installers. I yeah, swapped for some, sure. I for swapped sure. some rooftop units, but I could imagine hanging ductwork and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I'm good. I mean, yeah. swapping the rooftop units one thing. I did ductwork in a crawl space once, and I was like, "This is this sucks." I mean, this is rough. <laughs> oh man, that, that's and that's all we got here. So like, this area is mostly crawl space, you know, and is it really? Mostly crawl space and attic. Nothing in like in Florida. In Florida, is not that big a deal because you, your air handler is in a closet. You know, you're yeah. going inside a, a conditioned space, so to speak. You know, that's not too bad. Yeah, but yeah, it's difficult out here. You know, because you gotta and you gotta get creative because some of them scuttle holes in the attic are like you know this big. My ass ain't getting up there. My ass is stay. At a restaurant, so that's yeah. cool stuff. Whenever I hear these stories, I'm glad I never did resi, and I never had the desire to do resi either. I'm, I'm yeah, good with what too. I've been doing. I get that's friends right. that are like, hey, my my uh, refrigerator doesn't work. I was like, you're calling the wrong guy. I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I always just lie and be like, my tools don't go down that small. <laughs> my secret's about to get out though. I just I just released my secret, so I'm like, well, no. it's like compressor or something, you know? Dude, I don't even do my own stuff. I mean, I mean, I will, nope. but like when I I put a, I had a a furnace go bad, and like I bought the furnace and the air handler and everything. I ran the line set because it was just like in my basement, and you know I set the unit outside. And I put the unit down in the basement, and I was like, I called a guy, and I was like, hey, can you come install this and do my transition for me? I was like, I'll pay you whatever it takes, dude. He's like, I saw you want done. I was like, yeah, I'll brazen the license and everything else. It was like in the winter. And he did that. I ran my exhaust out, you know, changed over PVC. And then, like, April, I was like, I might want to hook my line sets up and hook my AC up now. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't mess around with stuff at the house, man. I just no. screw that shit. I buy the extended warranty and let someone else come deal with it. I got, <laughs> I got a commercial fridge out in the, the freezer out in the barn. Something, if something goes bad in the house, I can throw everything out here. I ain't too worried about it. So. <laughs> That's, That's cool. like residential. Residential is cool. I mean, but it's it's so mundane. I mean, as you probably know, it's like you get to the point where everything's the same. There's no change. It's all like a constant. You feel like you're working on the same unit nonstop. Yeah, no matter the brand, it's, it's all the same stuff. All the horror yeah. stories I see right now, but like you tell a customer he's capacitor and they like cuss you out because you want to charge three hundred dollars for capacitor, and they can find one on Amazon for ten bucks and have it here in the afternoon. I'm like. I'm like, fuck you. Go ahead and put it in and kill yourself then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's $10 for me to drive past your house, throw it on your lawn, and just keep driving. You know? <laughs> I, I died. Was, all those Facebook groups, those guys are like, oh, I had a customer beat me up because 
that came out and cleaned their unit and told you know told me you to pass it it was three hundred dollars and they like they like flipped their shit on me and I'm like man eh, you don't need that I don't want to deal with that dude I don't I deal with know. I don't deal with that in this thank God so and that's we, the difference like residential they'll balk over two fifty three hundred bucks and commercial it's totally different I mean they're balking when it's like two grand you know yeah. what I mean it's just yeah. Yeah, I couldn't deal with people, man. So everyone's always like, why don't you open your own business? I'm like, because I don't want to collect money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. Someone else can do that. We have we hire people to harass you if you don't pay your bills. Eventually <laughs> you. it's, it's not my problem. My check still cashes. I mean, so Josh Mitchell Stewart has a question for you, Andrew. He said, what do you miss about reefer truck work? For me, he liked the changing fuel pumps and easy money. Easy money, man. There's a lot of easy money in reefer work. Um, but my, yeah, my, my favorite thing, I, I did a lot of work on tri-packs. Tri-packs are the, like these auxiliary power units for Thermo King specifically. Um, and they would, they, you'd mount them on a frame, you mount them on the frame and basically it serves for air conditioning for the driver, um, keeps their batteries charged. It's a separate little diesel engine. So when they're idling they're parked or they don't have to idle their main engine, they just work off of that auxiliary pack unit and it charges their batteries, uh, gives them AC. And it also, if you have an Arctic pack package, it circulates, uh, the coolant to the engine. So you keep your coolant warm. If you're in some, you know, sub sub zero temperature or whatever, you don't have to start a diesel truck, super frozen, you know, That's pretty um, I, I loved working on them things, man, changing out anything on them. Dude, I knew those like the back of my hand, changing compressors, alternators, all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Uh, That's different stuff, man. That's definitely cool. Yeah. I mean, it, you definitely, so like, as we were talking before with reefer, I loved it because I mean, it's refrigeration. So you got an ETV, you got an evaporator, you got your condenser coil. It's all, you know, all on that reefer, basically single unit, but, um, and self-contained unit, but, uh, you have a giant Myanmar diesel engine that turns that big old compressor right so you gotta you gotta know rpms i mean you gotta be a mechanic essentially first before you get into the whole theory of refrigeration that's cool man that'd, that'd be definitely interesting to, to check out and learn um when i was bouncing back and forth when i had some health issues and i could i was falling asleep when i was losing my job so i, I wrecked some bands uh, i've covered it before i wouldn't mind covering the story again but um i applied for one of those places they get called back and it probably been pretty cool to learn on honestly but it didn't happen. So. Yeah. so so you did residential for a few years and then you ended up, what made you make the jump to commercial kitchen equipment? Yeah. So, so yeah. So basically the same gripes y'all were just talking about now. I mean, I was feeling it on my body too, you know, and, and especially in the summer, I mean, being in an attic is just, that'll, that'll make you want to do anything. Uh, but I, uh, I, started seeing like, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't that much more room for growth. I mean, the, the local company I was working for, I love them, man. And like, I learned so much about electrical jumping a resi, especially coming from something like Thermo King, where I didn't really know much at all about anything electrical. It was mostly, you know, I had to learn gas power, right? Like I'm, I'm diesel powered, how to, how to run stuff. Like, um, I didn't know much about three phase, single phase. I didn't even know what a contactor was really when I started in resi. And, um, but that whole experience, I mean, three years working in resi, I learned a lot about how everything worked. And, and uh, yeah, just getting fed up with that whole thing as far as being a residential. I noticed a Whaley truck on the highway one day, and I saw gauges hanging out the back of it. And I was like, hmm, you know, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder what that's all about. And I just saw the truck because I was already I had it in my mind. Like I was going to I was going to be moving on to something else. And um I called my cousin and I started talking to him about that. And he's like, Whaley's. Yeah, I've heard of Whaley's. I, you know, he was still working. For, I think he was working for Publix at the time. Um, but he uh, he had told me about Whaley's and what that was all about and what he used to do in the food industry, in the food service industry. And uh, I was like, man, that sounds good. And then he started explaining the whole, like we were just talking about Cefesa, but he was explaining to me the whole Cefesa situation and how you can get these certifications and move your way up as far as how much money you can make. And you can really like, there's, there was more of a structured room for growth. Mm -hmm. I saw. Whereas in where I was at that resi company, it's like you either keep trying it, it. It was more like you get paid more money depending on how much you build. And um, you know, I just didn't want to play that game. Like I wanted something where, you know, there's a structured room. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what the picture looks like and I can just work my way towards it instead of trying to, 
swindle customers to getting me more money so I can make more money. That's, and, uh, that's what I always hear about residential. It seems like they don't really care about getting the customer taken care of. I mean, the guys probably do, but like they try to focus on making you upsell and try to get the customer yeah. to do this, this, and this. And, oh, buy from any maintenance product plan or, you know, this motor is it's making a little noise. Let's go ahead and change it. You know, just trying mm-hmm. to, trying to get whatever can i know there's a lot of honest guys out there but it just seems like some of these companies you know are really focused on trying to upsell and that kind of stuff and that's a shame i mean i get it i mean that's where the money's at but take care of your customer and eventually when they need it you know they're going to call you because you think yeah yeah and 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 especially for some of these local companies like you're kind of you're kind of you're the face of the company i mean we all are right all of us as technicians I mean, it's, you know, Whaley's not showing up at the door. It's me. It's Andrew. It's Pat. It's Rich. So um, it's it's that same thing. But at the same time, like you had, you know, they had the way they did their pricing and all that stuff. And I'm not just saying Davis, but I'm just saying all, most most residential companies, everybody's kind of just doing their own thing. And it's not really cohesive. It's not it's not, you know, the same service that you're getting. Um when it comes to residential and then you have all these people that are just all grabbing, well, so-and-so told me it was this much. And, and, you know, across the street, it's the same job, but it's twice as much because that technician felt like it's twice as much. And that kind of got, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for me, man. And then especially like you had, um, you know, a lot of the times you had real difficult conversations and it is what it is. I mean, you know, yeah. it don't matter if she's in, you know, you're dealing with an old woman and, she's on social, you know, pay or whatever, some sort of welfare pay. And, and like, yeah, your unit's down, you need AC, you know, it's not my fault. And unfortunately you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay this. And, but that it was still a little too difficult for me because it just, you, you, it pulls on your heartstrings a little bit when you have to face these people and you know, they need something like that and they can't afford it. But I feel the same way you go into some of these restaurants. Everyone thinks because someone knows the restaurants are rich, and that is far from it, man. Yeah, you go in some of these mom and pop restaurants, and the owners are in there working. And you know, generally, if the owner's in there working, they're not collecting a paycheck, they're in there because they have to work because they can't afford right. to hire somebody. But then you go in there and be like, Your oven's screwed, you get a bad motor, it's gonna be $2,200. And you just you see the look in their face, like, God. And then I'm like, I can't imagine doing that in someone's house. But like, uh, it's cold in here. You get a bad heat exchanger. I got a red tag. I can't turn it on. I can't fix it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it's like, what do they do? It's just, so I'm glad I never had to experience that. I mean, I had lots of people that do it and do it right and take care For of the sure. customers. I mean, there's I mean, bad I... apples everywhere, but it, it just is what it is. The industry kind of has a bad name right now, I think. Yeah. And I, st- I mean, I still do some of that stuff on the side here and there, you mm-hmm. know, like for friends and like close people at, you know, local or whatever. But um, I, j- I actually just genuinely try to help people out. I'm not out there to just make a killing or whatever. Right. So Eric here, uh, EC to fix. He said uh, that's why he left GCS. He left ten years ago. I'm not a salesman and not going to swindle customers to help my sales members. So yeah. when I first started, I actually worked for GCS Ecolab, and I was always a top performer. And I never did really upsell anybody. I just kind of did my job, went about business. And if I didn't make my numbers, if someone was mad about it, I mean, I'm not going to screw a customer. I mean. I always took pride and make sure I changed the right part, make sure I did things fair. And I mean, generally when I did it, my numbers were there. It wasn't a big issue. You see, I've never been anywhere where I've had to, you know, where I was judged on sales. You know, I've always been judged on your overall productivity, your, you know, first time fixes, lack of callbacks, all that stuff. But even overall, um, I hit pretty high numbers and I've, I never have to pressure anybody. I'm like, yo, look, this is what it is. You know, I'll give you different options depending like, hey, this is the cheapest route. This is why we shouldn't do it. This is the most expensive route. This is something in the middle. And I find personally, as long as you're up front with the customers and you're doing your job, honestly, mm-hmm. it's not really hard to meet any employer's expectations. Uh, poor Dusty. You see what Brian said about <laughs> you, buddy? He had to poop. What? <laughs> Brian said no. you had to poop. He's got, kids. He's got kids. So how long have you been uh, working for Whaley's now? Oh man, uh, two, almost two years now, I think. No, come, I'm um, about a year and a half, I'd say. So, Dusty, you've been doing it roughly about the same amount of time, right? Maybe a little longer. Um, yeah, about almost two years in like September, I think. Sweet. September, October. Sweet. So, two years, so, what do you like about it, Andrew? Just the variety. I mean, that's my favorite thing. I'm not gonna lie, I like the variety. I'm always doing something different. I got ADHD. 
And if I had to do the same thing over and over again, uh, it would not work out, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. So, so, so it's interesting. We were talking about that earlier. Like in residential AC, it was, dude. This has just been like my whole experience as a technician, right? Like, well, as in my career as a whole. So, selling booze and stuff like that. As far as customers and and building relationships and all that kind of stuff, I had that. 12 years of experience of that. Like that was never an issue for me, you know? So that part, and I felt, I feel like that's probably how I was able to grow so quickly in this trade, because there's a lot of that, that I noticed that people just do not have in this trade. A lot of, a lot of oh, people yeah. come into the trade and they think it's just, Hey man, I'm going to be working with my hands and I'm doing my job and, and that's it, you know? But it's like, nah, there's a whole aspect of, of customer service and sales even. I mean, it is sales in a way. You're selling yourself, you're selling your labor, you're selling whatever it is. So I had that pretty much figured out. And, and you know, that was very natural to me. I never had an issue with that. And then um, going into Thermo King, doing all that, and then going into Resi, like I said, I didn't even know what a contactor was. So I had to like, I had to like go back to the drawing board and everything I learned, man, it was just spending, I don't know how many hours every night up all night looking at YouTube videos reading manuals. I mean, doing, doing all these steps that we all talk about, you know, every one of us now, but that's, that's the kind of things you got to do as a technician. If you want to excel, it's like one thing I've always been, been told is paying attention to details and taking the time to really read manuals. And if you, if you do that and all that, like you're going to, you're going to be fine as a tech. And um, so, so leaving Resi and then learning about how, you know, all about electrical and everything, that part freaked me out at first when I'm looking at all these different AC units, I'm like, man, these things are all different. Like we were talking about before. It's like, these are all different brands. There's hundreds of different AC units out there. But now I'd recognize looking back, it's like, they're all the same, you know, all the same stuff. But then I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to get into this food service stuff because it's like, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, I I had it in my head. Like I'm going to be dealing with the same accounts for the most part. I'm going to be in a localized area. You know, I'm not going to go to a five different, plate houses in the same area like it's going to be the same mcdonald's or it's going to be the same chick-fil-a and then you know chick-fil-a all has the same equipment but boy was i wrong <laughs> like no yeah there's so many different things that we put our hands on and it's great like sorry that's my daughter throwing uh, stuff. You're all right. <laughs> uh there's so like yeah i was wrong very wrong and <laughs> like you know how many times have we walked up to a a a piece of equipment and ask the chef to show us what he did wrong so we can kind of see how to actually do it. <laughs> you know? Dude, that's my trick, man. Yeah. I always tell everybody, I'm like, I see stuff I don't even know how to turn on. And like, find the person that uses it and be like, okay, what are you doing when this happens? And turn it on. And like, yeah. Yeah, I got it. I'll be like, yeah. hey, like walking, like, oh, where's the piece of equipment at? And you see what it is. You're like, you take your picture of your data tag. And you're like, oh, you're going to the bathroom. I'll be right back in a minute. You're like, YouTube, like, how do I turn this thing on? Yeah, 100%. the the amount of times I've called the manufacturer when I'm reading my ticket and I know I've never worked on it, and I call tech support and I'm like, "Yo, listen, I'm about to work on this model, this serial number. They say it's doing this. I don't want to look like a jackass. Please give me a quick rundown." <laughs> yeah, and the tech support guys will be like, "Look for A, B, C, D, and E. If you don't find it there, give us a call back." <laughs> exactly. Um, so nasty wants to know if you wear Crocs. So there's a thing going around where. There's a, a group of people that go to all the live streams and they always it's it's crop talk, nonstop crop talk. So they want to know if you wear crocs or not. Uh yeah, I do. <laughs> I have a I'm, pair of crocs. Listen, I told I'm, my wife the other day, if they had steel toe crocs, that would be my work shoe. Bro, I have right a picture of that. Steel toe crocs? Yeah, oh, I don't know if it's real. It might be a oh. meme, but I just sent Matthew a picture. I'm like, I bought me a pair. Because if, it, I, if I, I, I got steel toe crocs, that'll be my new work shoe. I rock the I need to step it up. Step it up, man. Look at that. Is what I'm at. So uh, that's cool. So, what's your favorite thing about coming to the um, the food service repair industry? Just, dude. I mean, so my number one favorite thing was, especially here at Whaley, like you guys like Rick. Were, yeah, I was gonna. I was about to say that, bro. Oh shoot, my bad. <laughs> you dropped the gun. No, but like, yeah, definitely meeting guys like Rich, Josh. Man, Josh was awesome, dude. Like, I mean, the minute I I I started, um. I think I was at the shop doing like orientation for like two days straight. And uh, I was like, I felt useless. And uh, they they had me uh, deliver a part to Josh. And I was like, and Josh was working. I think he was working on one of the walk-ins or whatever. 
And um, as soon as I got there, I was I handed him the part and I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to stick it out with you for the rest of the show. I'm not going back to the shop. <laughs> so and that was awesome. And he showed me a lot of, you know, stuff that was going in and walk-ins. I mean, I already knew, you know, pretty much everything I needed to know, but actually seeing it and kind of putting everything I had known and into, you know, commercial kitchen equipment. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like just the overall welcoming, uh, support from the guys that we work with, man, it was awesome. Like it was just, it felt good. Whereas as in Resi was more like it guys are a bit more tough, you know, it's more like, man, you know, you gotta either make it or you don't get the hell out of here. Um, here it was more like people are willing to help and, and Josh was awesome. Rich was awesome. They both extended a lot of help to me. And then secondly, yeah, man, just, just getting in and all these kinds of equipment, just seeing all these different things, there's just so much to learn. And um, the first thing I told, you know, again, like having, having all this, I mean, well, we can, we can do better as far as getting some resources for, for training and learning and all that. We can do better in that department, but it's available. You know what I mean? Like if you go, if you go ask for it and you push for it, I think we can get some of that done and, and having that has been awesome. Yeah, they're making some strides. Um, you know, we got the we're all we all are coworkers besides Dusty. I'm trying, but maybe one day we're all coworkers. So they uh, they're putting together that unlimited service university thing. And um, there's a location down there in South Carolina. We got the one in Texas. Um, they're starting construction on the one in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I think they're going to do a couple on the West Coast, maybe like the Northwest and Southwest. So you know, that's and that's mainly for entry level stuff. And then um, I, I've noticed a lot of manufacturers are starting to ramp up training again you know it started last year a little bit and now they're starting to ramp up pretty good so i think i think next year we're going to see a big push for the manufacturers to start touring again and get people back in their facilities so look look for that awesome. the next yeah, year that'd be awesome so that's cool that's, so go ahead dusty um that's a thing that I, I think our our specific trade severely needs because if you look at like the continuing education structure for hvac and the amount of resources you can find for like continuing ed classes, like six hours, eight hours, um, where it's just a full course, whether it's codes or specific functions or refrigeration cycle, you can find a lot of that information in training courses just online. But as far as like kitchen equipment, it's not really available like that. You have no. to either do like a factory training or go to Cefesa. It's just, and I learned that when I first got in, I was like, I did a couple service calls, worked with a couple guys. I was like, I'm just going to find some training courses so I can be a lot better. And I was like, holy nope. shit, man. <laughs> Where do I find this? Manuals, man. Like how many times have I spent a lot of time searching for certain specific manuals? And it's like, you got to go through some hoops to get some of these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first one I always do is I go to the parts on app because there's a lot of them on there. You got to, you can find them on there. And then that's the easiest place to go. And if they're not on there, it's like, well, get ready. Because now you're going to do some homework to find a manual. Yeah. Um, tech support, usually, anytime I talk to tech support, I usually have them email me a manual. Yeah. Even if it's a simple fix, just so I can have it. Um, yeah, it's a good I mean, idea. And, I, and I like to print them out. Like, I like to have it on my phone, but I, I I have my center console. I just have a crap ton of manuals in there. I just like it better physically. It's bigger. Um, it's easier to find, like, parts and stuff. So D Dusty should have been around the 90s when you had, like, a whole set of your <laughs> shelves was just manuals. Yeah. My grandfather used to have binders. I'm talking about, Dude. I don't know, three, four-inch binders. And it was one for every freaking manufacturer. When Dude. I walked into uh, Whaley for the first day, they had a room where they still had some of them. And that took me back to, like, my grandfather's garage where he used to keep the binders. Because <laughs> he would load up on whatever he was working on that day and throw those in his truck. When I went to GCS, man, we had um, we had binders. I mean, that was eight, 17, 18 years ago, and we still had the big binders. So, like, they'd give you a disc machine, like I said, disc machine binders. And I had, like, milk crates, like four milk crates just full of binders. And, like, I kept them when I left, and when I tore down my old garage where I built my barn. They were all still in there. It was, like, nostalgic going back and just, like, looking at them. That's just, awesome. Like, pages stuck together from using them in, you know, in the kitchen. <laughs> I felt bad throwing them away, but I didn't have nowhere to put them, so they got tossed. So that's cool. If for anything, I mean, you get to show your son, you know, <laughs> in your own life. Be like, look at all this cool stuff. Yeah, my son, dude, he, he's doing pretty good, man. He's running some solo calls now on his own, and he's getting it. He's calling me a lot, but I got him and another guy that are younger, and they both call me. And I don't mind. Um, I'd rather them call me than to struggle too much. I mean, I want yeah. them to struggle a little bit before they call me. Don't call me on your way to site asking me how to fix it before you get there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of help, but I'm not diagnosing it before you get there. That drives me nuts. But, mm. you know, you get there, you do a little work. 
And they both know that if I ask you for gas pressure, you say, okay, I'm hanging up on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so what's some of the challenges? You said training's been kind of an issue, you know, to get specific training. And, and that's that's across the board, man. We At General Parks, we're the same way. We fight to get training. And a lot of it's just the manufacturers aren't doing it. Or, you know, we're short-staffed and we just can't take guys off the road to go training. Yeah, I mean, I, but as far as, like, what – what I'm used to, I mean, it's, it has been pretty decent in my, in my, in my personal experience. I mean, I've, I've, but again, I, I also like, I stay focused. Like if there's something I'm struggling with, I'll, I'll find it, you know, I'll find the stuff I need to, especially with like Garland. And I think uh, Garland has a, has a YouTube channel with some of their stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can find some of this stuff, even in video form. Um, you can always reach out to me on Garland. Um, I, they used to have a train to trainer program and I, I used to travel to all of the, uh, the general parts branches and i put on uh, garland level two training so you do level one online and i'd come around teach level two and then you're ready to go to the factory or do level three training so you can always reach out to me um yeah man uh our friend jason that's in the chat he uh he's reached out to me it's how me and jason kind of bonded he asked me some questions over garland we just kind of became friends i mean it is it's just how it works i mean i'll help anybody out even people that don't work for our, our group i mean that's how me and dusty started talking he had some questions and we just became friends over time and Coming to find out he lives like two hours south. I mean, we still ain't met or nothing, but <laughs> one day we'll hang out. Yeah. We'll halfway it. Where are you at? Are you in Franklin? Frankton. Frank so I'm, I'm north of India. I'm not where that kid that just got drafted number three is from. He's oh, dude. I That's saw insane. that. Like, I That's like, insane, dude. 18 year old kid got number three pick and he's from a little town in Indiana. Oh, wow, <laughs> man. From high school, he's not even in college. He's a high school kid. I mean, he'll farm league for a while, but he he skipped college. The farm league, no bulk him up, gets a size on, no kick him out somebody. So that's cool. Yeah. So what do you look forward to in the next couple of years? You know, just expanding your knowledge, expanding your product base you work on, or is there anything, you know, that you want to do specifically? Now's your chance to get it out there in the world, and maybe somebody will hear it. And they may sit to <laughs> a chance to say, hey, I want to learn this. Send me to school on such and such. Come on, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, you know, I definitely just right now I'm in, you know, I'm getting, I want to get master. So I want to get all the suffices out of the way. Okay. Yep, um, good, 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 good yeah. Um, get that all done out of the way. And then after that, I mean, it's just, you know, I want to, I want to be one of the guys that's like reliable in the sense of, you know, if it, hey, if this is a, you know, an install job or whatever. That's kind of where I'm, I want to, I've, I've talked to my manager about like, that's where I want to be. I want to be the guy that you, Hey, we got an install this RTU or whatever you, you go ahead and you handle it. You know, if it's like a baby, basically like a project management sort of position is kind of where I see myself. Hopefully. That's, that's a lot of stuff I do. So I handle all the big installs from rationales. If it's generally a single rationale. I don't do it, but if it's stacked units, I make sure I stack them, make sure it's done right. Um, Rooftop units, I try to run all those. Uh, walk-in retrofits, I try to run all those and that kind of stuff. Um, I like doing the big projects, and then, um, but I still run service calls every day. It's just like I like the variety, and that's what I love yeah. about the industry. You can, you may run, you know, okay, I'm running such such calls, and every single one of them a, a fan motor or a cooling fan. I mean, you do get in ruts like that with a lot of things. It seems like, but the next day you may not, you may never see that piece of equipment for another year. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're on to something else and you're doing something different. So that's a good thing. And um, get to be buddies with your dispatcher and let her know, let him or her know that you want to do different things. And, you know, maybe they'll hook you up and let you run some other yeah. stuff. Man. Well, do you, do you like make bids on all these jobs too? Or is that something in your wee house or? Um, I, I will go out and I'll look at the job and I'll write down, okay, it's going to take this amount of main hours. Um, if it's a lot of uh, parts, fittings and stuff, I will, I will, um, I'll get on like we use Lowe's for my branch. Some branches use Home Depot. I'll get on Lowe's and I'll price out all the fittings and the copper lines and stuff like that. Or if it's something like I have to get a supply house, I'll call a supply house and I'll run through what I need, have them email it over. So I will write the quotes on the bigger jobs. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That- I, I do the I do the same thing. And today I did a, a walk in change out where I actually priced the equipment this time because our dispatcher, our supervisor who normally does that, I'll do everything else. Me and and another guy will quote out everything except usually the equipment but i'll usually call united say hey we need a b and c and d and whatever and then i'll email it straight to our supervisor that does the quotes but a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago he was like you know i just mark up the equipment x percentage whenever i'm doing the quote mm-hmm. so i got the quote today marked it all up send it to him so here double check this and then 
when I saw the email back where he submitted the quote, I'm like, oh crap, I did it right. Cool. Nice. So Dusty, do you write quotes or you just pretty much give part numbers and it's out of your hands? Um, it just depends. Um, it it kind of depends on what it is and what area it is. Uh, here recently, I've been taking on a lot of going out looking at jobs if we have installs and uh, finding equipment numbers, uh, finding information on that, and then materials needed, man hours needed. And then I usually will write it up in an email and then send it to our GM and service manager. And I think they write the quote from there. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes if it's something where like I know 100%, like I know the markup and all that stuff, I'll go ahead and do the quote. And then like Rich said, like I'll send it to a service manager for like approval. And then it usually most of the time it's, you know, good to go, but or he'll change something or swap something around. So, so Pat, when you do a walk-in uh, quote, do you go off of the equipment that's already there or do you prefer to take your own measurements and get your, your calculations done yourself and whatnot? So yes. when I do a walk-in quote, I measure the box. Mm-hmm. I note the floor style so it's cooler. If it's on concrete, I know it's concrete. If it's on uh, a raised floor, metal floor, insulation, I note that. I uh, measure the wall thickness, um, uh, heat loads, so if it's outside, inside, that kind of stuff. And then I reach out to my local rep and um, tell them, you know, this is what it's application, low temp, medium temp, you know, that kind of stuff. And then where the condition unit is, condition unit's outside, inside, you know, if it's in a if it's in a cool space or if it's in an attic, you know, that kind of stuff. And I run all that by him and generally they take care of it. I don't really size equipment. I just measure the space, give them the environments, insulation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was, that's, that's all I'll do. Oh, my bad, bro. Uh, I was going to say, cause that's, that's like what I think one of the trickiest parts about, especially is sizing equipment, you know, especially like RTUs too, I, I'd imagine. Um, when you're trying to figure out, you know, how many BTUs or stat, you know, static pressure with your duct system. I think we got, we have an issue, Rich, in, uh, don't we have an issue in one of the chilies with that? Like there's a giant. <laughs> I, I was just there today. Oh, are you? So yeah. what we ended up doing, cause that unit is extremely oversized. It's, I don't know. It's like one and a half or two and a half times bigger than the original Ooh. unit that was there. Ductwork was never changed, but their corporate ordered that unit. That's what they oh, wanted. Yeah. We just did the install. And then they started having issues with the evaporator freezing up. Um, so we finally made the decision. Um, our main, you know, HVAC guy and me, we were like, let's take off the um, the third compressor. Let's take it out of the system and see if that stops the freeze up. And that actually stopped the freezing up. They had no issues with anything. Well, they called in the other, uh, it's been about a month and a half they called in. And another one of our guys, um, goes out there and says oh zone three is disconnected it's summertime let me connect zone three again <laughs> no good reason no way so i go there today thank god it didn't freeze up but the reason it's not freezing up is because it was going off on high pressure because the condenser was dirty as all hell. it took me and my trainee probably two hours to get that condenser clean that's how dirty that thing was but yeah so i've had situations like that and i was told to like shut off the economizer and like let in so much outdoor air to try to help, you know, draw outdoor air versus trying to draw everything in from the restaurant. Yeah. We, we tried a bunch of stuff, nothing worked. And then me and him were talking one day and I'm like, bro, what if you just connect, disconnect zone three, you know, I said, disconnect it, go back in two weeks and, and see what happens. I'm like, it can't be any bigger of a headache than it's yeah. been already. And I gotta that, that works for a long time. I got a rooftop unit to work on tomorrow and I'm kind of excited. Like I said, I haven't done a whole lot of refrigeration lately. It's like rooftop unit. I did walk in today, a couple of reach-ins, like, yes, I can do refrigeration again. I don't have a trainee with me. Um, <laughs> as much as I'd like my son to do refrigeration, I'd rather him focus on hot side and get kind of proficient with it before he tried to throw something else in. Um, uh, he didn't have any kind of mechanical background. He came, he worked for the street department and he was like driving a truck and like paving roads and stuff and then came to work here. So he had like zero mechanical aptitude. He had no idea what he was doing. So I, I, I try to take it a little easy on him, make sure he doesn't get too frustrated. I mean, you know how it is. You throw a bunch of stuff at somebody and they, they get frustrated. They want to quit right off the bat. So, yeah. And back to kind of what Andrew said earlier, not with, with RTU stuff. I don't really know when it comes to the, the calculations and whatnot, yeah. but you can download the, I think the Heatcraft app has it, but if not, you can go to the Tecumseh app or boxload.tecumseh.com and they have a um, box load calculator and you'll put in all the information and it'll flat out tell you, you know, regular usage, you need this many BTUs, um, high usage, you need this many BTUs. That's the way I do it. Our local United, after the first few quotes I did, they were always spot on. So I stopped 
you know, checking the the numbers myself. But before that, I'm like, I need a A, B, C, and D. And I learned that years ago because I I was in a Manitalk class. And that's kind of why I brought this up. I was in a Manitalk training years ago. And this other service company, dude, pissed me off so bad. He's bragging because he says he always undersizes his walk-ins just a little bit so he could come in uh, cheaper, get the work. And then whenever it starts to break down prematurely, like, you know, it's going to, they get the service work yeah. because they were so cheap when they did the install. So I'm extended, like extended run times and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so from that point on, I was like, I will never trust what somebody already put yeah. in a no, walking box. No, I never, never do. trust it. I mean, I don't like trusting rooftop units. Most of my boss is like, Hey, just get the information off there and call them and, you know, size it up. I'm like, man, I don't know if this is right. I think most of the RTU stuff we do, it's either like Chili's or Cracker Barrel or somebody where their corporate has all the specs and is like, this is what we want. Yeah. We just want y'all to install it. We don't do a whole lot. We do some Buffalo Wild Wings corporate stuff and they, we don't even order it. It's like we tell them, hey, this is the rooftop unit for the kitchen. This is what it is. And like, right. I do not been waiting on one for over two years for a kitchen unit. Like mm-hmm. in, in March, we go in there and we take in portable ACs and they pipe the exhaust up into the attic. And they just pump in portable AC all summer long, dude. It's oh, it's, wow. it's expensive, and they rent it through us. We make money hand over fist on it. I'm sure, but it's just it's not. I've seen I've seen a lot of that in like Wendy's and stuff. Yeah, the day those little portable ACs shooting that little. Oh no, these are big commercial grade ones. These are oh, big giant ones. Yeah, I got you. Not like the ones you like put in your room at your house if you want. To yeah, play. I've seen those lately. Yeah. Like, Damn, that's what you can hear running in here right now. Is a little like <laughs> one of those. Yeah, um, I haven't got my mini split in yet. I'd be kind of lazy, so. I've got enough projects. <laughs> so anything that you want to share about your journey into this uh, career or this industry before we get off here, it's too close to an hour. I don't like to go over an hour because then I can't send it to Jason. He can't, uh, <laughs> he can't download it. i got to pay for a, 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 fee, a service to send something too big. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, no, man. I mean, I, my journey is just like I, I'm – I just just to help technicians out there if anybody's like on the fence or wants to jump into this man just jump in you know just get your get in there well i'm i'm willing to help rich i know is one of them too man like we're most of us guys here like we want to teach people we want to help people grow um because we love it we love what we do right so if we love what we do why wouldn't we want other people to love it as well and, and there's uh, more than enough work out there for everybody to do. yeah dude yeah. we need people we need people so <laughs> Um, you know, I actually a shout out to Matthew, man. Matt, Matthew's one of the guys I got him a job here with with us. Rich can vouch for him too, man. He's he's been mind blowing too, man. He he just was a bartender, a waiter most of his life, and he kind of struggled with me when I was trying to get him to to start thinking about wanting to do this because I know he had like fixed car windows and stuff before, and I've seen his work ethic and he had really good work ethic. I'm like, dude, that's it. You got you got what you need, you know. Oh, I don't know how to use tool. I'm like, don't worry about that. We'll we'll get that part figured out. And, um, dude, he's, he started with us and he's, he's kicking butt. He's now in Columbia and they got him on a, on a training situation going on that we just started. And he's going to be a technician this year, I feel. So, uh, yeah, I want to get him on the show too, if, if he can, um, if he's willing to, because he's got another cool story. He went from what managing hotels to yeah. bartending to PM tech to in, I think he's been there maybe a year. Has he been a full year with us? Uh, Close to it, if anything. And and he's already at corporate doing that that training. And I mean, yeah. he's one of my favorite people to work with. Uh, probably my favorite PM tech. First time this dude rode with me, he's like, hey, do you mind if I uh, record you with my phone and take notes so I can go home yeah. and watch what we did and learn yeah. what we're doing? I'm like, mind? I was like, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you like, know? Use my phone so I can use this for content later. If I was doing content, <laughs> but at that time I would have. But I mean, one time me and him were on a job and I didn't know how to do whatever we needed to do. And he's like, oh, I did the same thing with so-and-so. He pulled out his phone, found the video of them doing it and did the, the repair. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yo, heck yeah, bro. That, that's it, you know? And and, and it's that, that kind of stuff that I think, I think that's out there. I think people, like Matthew is a good example. I mean, he was a little nervous at first. He felt like he had to go to school, get some sort of certifications and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, man, I, no. I, I just, just jump in, you know, and we'll get you. What You get paid to get that stuff, you know? Exactly. That's what I tell people all the time. Like my son, he was like, he's like, oh, I don't know, you know, what to do or anything. I'm like, dude, just show up, dude. We'll do yeah. the rest. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, what if we go in a bar? I'm like, 
you're not there to drink beer. They're not going to card you. We'll fix the shit and leave. I mean, like, don't worry about it. Just keep your mouth shut, dude. Just like fix exactly. the equipment and leave, dude. It's no big deal. Yeah. If you if you got a work ethic and you're you're willing to work, you're willing to learn. You can learn this industry and you will go far. And it does not take a long time to make a lot of money no, in this no. industry. I honestly think somebody with a good work ethic and with some common sense within five years of being in this industry and really dedicating yourself to it, you can make some serious bank and a lot more than you'll make in a lot of other jobs. So Dusty brought up something earlier. It's a great point. You know, he he took on learning himself, finding videos, finding YouTube videos, finding articles and reading that stuff. And that's what a lot of these guys, if you want to be exceptional and you want to be a top tier technician, you want to make the good money, um, do that. I mean, you can be an average guy, just come in and do your nine hours, eight hours, and go home. And you know, you can make you can make a decent living. I mean, I like money, so I'm gonna try to do everything I can to make more money. And if that means watching Chris Stevens on HVAC videos and learning stuff he's doing, you know, and right that kind of stuff. I mean, dude, I never I, I used him as an example. Like I watched him for years. Him, I watched um, uh, HVACR survival, and he lives, you know, not too far away from me. Curious HVAC guy, you know, Bill. He doesn't look too far with me. And I've met these guys. And it's like, at first I was so starstruck that I met these guys. And now I like, I have Chris Stevens' phone number. I, I like, I can text yeah. him and ask him questions. It's like, it's a yeah. friend. I'm like, this is crazy. So um, um, there's a lot of cool opportunities in this industry. And we're going to be making a lot of, lot more cool opportunities for some guys here soon. So I look forward to it. Yeah, man. I think um, it's, it's also like, when you take the time yourself to do this research and, and, and actually, cons- I mean, a lot of this is consumption of, yeah. of, you know, watching these videos. I think what's his name? HVAC HVAC time is awesome. I don't know if you guys know who HVAC time is. He does like, he does like, um, chillers and stuff like like industrial chillers, but he does his courses, man, they're bar none. They're great. But like taking the time to consume that stuff, but actually pay attention to it and write it down. Like it, the point I'm making is, is it's really comes down to you. It's not like this stuff ain't going to come to you. Don't don't no. expect, right. don't expect like Whaley or or whatever company to just give you the stuff you need to, to learn and, and progress. I mean, you, they have, you know, their certifications or whatever, but it, ultimately it comes down to you coming home and spending that time and doing the research and treating it as research like writing notes down. I mean, if I watch, I watch HVAC times videos and I write notes down, like if it was a class, you know, but that's all me. That's nobody's going to push. It's so easy these days, bro. Cause when I started, I used to read service manuals in my free time. And then there was a handful of manufacturers. You could go to their website. Like Manitalk was one where you could get a decent amount of understanding about their ice makers from their website. There wasn't a whole lot. There definitely wasn't people making content you know, about how to do things or about the day in the life of a technician. There's so much content out there. That there's no reason for anybody, you know, that who wants to learn this, why they can't learn it. it it's yeah. And it, it's easy, bro. It's easy. Yeah. There's and no now there's so many of us, like we've said several times that, you know, I tell people almost every time I'm on the show here, you, if you're struggling, drop me a, a DM, you know, um, online and I'll help you with whatever I can. I've got a few guys that I've never met them in my life. I've talked to them on the phone once, but we we text or we DM and they're like, hey, I'm working on this and it's doing this and this and this and this. What do you think? And I'll just run them through. Hey, did you try this? Did you try that? You try the other. Okay, yeah, we got it. All right, cool. And then most of them, uh, less and less now, they're calling me. Now I might, you know, where I was hearing from them once a week, it's like uh, twice a year now. But I'm like, there's so many of us that are willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And it takes nothing to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm on the roof working on something and I get a text from somebody. I'm waiting for this thing to drop temp. I got no problem walking you through whatever you got. Exactly. Exactly. Pulling a vacuum, right? You know. Yeah. So I won't keep you guys much longer. I appreciate you being on. We're pushing. We're over an hour now. Uh, We've got a lot of great conversations. Um, So you're not a big social media guy. I mean, I found you on. You found me on LinkedIn. You found my website. Yeah, Uh, I'm working on that though. Trying, I guess. (laughs) It's different, man. I do it like I've always had Facebook. I had MySpace back in the day. I'm dating myself, but I've always had Facebook. Um, I had Instagram was like a personal thing, and I started one for my Jeep when I was doing more stuff in my Jeep, and then I kind of morphed into what I do now on Instagram with this. But um, you know, if they want to find you, they can find you on LinkedIn. That's where you're at right now. Yeah, Um, I'm gonna tag you in the LinkedIn comments on this when I put this up. But I appreciate you coming on, man. You're pretty cool, dude. You're young. Um, you sound like you're a go-getter and you're trying to learn and do more. So it's a, it's a big plus in my, my world. I mean, 
you know, Dusty's the same way. He, he always reaches out trying to learn and do more stuff. And I got a lot of respect for Dusty for the same thing. Just trying to be better, trying to trying to do what's right for the customer. I mean, it doesn't – I mean, a lot of companies grade you on sales, first-time fix and everything else. And I, I say throw all out the window. Do what's right for the customer. Take care of your customer. Take care of your company. And the rest is going to fall into place. And it sounds like you're, 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 that's your, you know, your outlook too. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, see you guys later. Have a good night. Yeah, man. God bless y'all. Thank you. Yep. If you guys would, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It really helps us grow and helps us know which direction to move in. Also, if you have any suggestions for guests, please email me at commercialkitchenchronicles at gmail.com. Or if you want to be a guest, email me. Love to have you guys on. Thanks a lot. See you next week.